This is the Out of Time Film Podcast, where your hosts, Tom and John, discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. And welcome to the Outside Film Podcast. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm joined with John. Everybody, hello, hi, it's me. And this week, we're talking about Loki season two. I'm trying to mix things up. I'm trying to make the intro a little bit more kind of snappy. Yes, indeed. Yes, I like that the snappiness, and it's like we're Thank getting you. into it now. This is the <laughs> podcast that we yeah. are talking about. I want it to be a kind of like WWE intro. It's like everybody we're joined with WWE John today, strikes. and then he yeah. and then he comes in. But yes, we are talking about Loki today. Um, yes, indeed. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about it as well. It is something that I have been waiting for so long since 2021, when it was just getting to the point where Marvel was releasing these new shows. And then when Loki came out, we were like, this is something nice. This is really cool. And then 2023, we're here now, and there have been so much content that we've been through in that amount of time with so many shows and films as well. And season two is finally here. We've been watching it every week, and it has been one of the most exciting things to watch. You know, recently, you know, when you're watching a TV show, and it's like, oh my god, this is something that is crazy. And oh boy, it did not drop the ball like what Marvel has done with their shows. They have dropped the ball most of the time, but with this, oh my god, this might have been one of the best things in the MCU ever. Absolutely. I mean, finally, Marvel TV is good again. I feel like, you know, it was a real, it was a moment when WandaVision drops and Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki season one, everybody was tuning in, everyone had opinions and the opinions were largely good. And then as it went on with Hawkeye and Miss Marvel and Moon Knight and She-Hulk, things began to dip. Not everybody was tuning back in. It was a lot more to ask to do each episode each week for all these different shows. And then I think Secret Invasion felt like the final nail in the coffin, which, you know, that was undoubtedly the worst MCU show that we've had. And it was just disappointing. It really felt like, where can you go from here? And Loki season two comes to save the day because, wow, this is such a step up from everything else. Yes, and especially with the last time we had a good Marvel film, a proper one was, I believe, Infinity War. That is the most memorable things that came out and like really changed the game and your perception of Marvel. But then now it's just gone to its very formulaic ways. I mean, it has done before that, but there has some really different ones like Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Iron Man 3. Those ones are like different and that they try to explore new ways, you know, with the characters and, you know, and their personality. But Loki, this is something that I'm so glad that they've done because Loki was this character that we've seen throughout these five films that he appeared in. And now he has this entire show that I'm so glad that they fully developed and they just looked into what Loki is. And the films that we saw Loki in didn't really justify that. I mean, Infinity War did see that end of Loki in that timeline. And Loki came around with the show and it just brought this whole new perception of Loki and what he is. And it is something to watch. So if you haven't seen Loki... I recommend to avoid spoilers right now because we might be going to spoilers territory. So, yeah, 
I would say that when it comes to Loki's journey in the MCU, it felt a lot of the time like they were just bringing him back for no good reason. I think, you know, the intention was to kill him off in the Dark World, but then they had that reshoot where he shows up at the end. And then when it came to Ragnarok, I didn't really feel like they knew what to do with him. They just kept on bringing him back because of popularity. Yeah, in Ragnarok, and... he was just there. Exactly. And then you come to Infinity War where they kill him off and it's like, okay, well, now it feels like they actually have this good reason for what they've done. And, you know, they've, they've ended his story in an interesting way, but then they brought him back in Endgame and, and they kind of open up the door to this TV show. And it's, this could have all gone wrong. This could have very easily just been a way for Marvel to make a quick buck, you know, to make money off people who just want to see Loki and people would have come to it. But wow, they've really went above and beyond. Like, I can't think of a better way to end Loki's story with all the ups and downs that have been. This is pretty perfect and as you yeah. just said full spoilers ahead for those who haven't seen briefly explain the plot of loki season two for those who don't know loki working with mobius and hunter b15 and the members of the time variant authority to navigate the multiverse in order to find sylvie ravona renslayer and miss minutes yeah nice so i think we are both in agreement that this is one of the best mcu things in a while um, I agree. Yes. I think it, up there with Guardians 3 out of recent memory. What did you think? Again, I was just worried where they're going to go for season two, especially when season one was ending. And there was a lot of ground up to like, you know, explore the TVA and explore what is their end goal for this place and for he who remains as well. And exploring this whole show gave you this new perspective of the, you know, with the TVA. But there was some criticisms I have is uh, just two actually like we could have explored more of sylvie i mean she was just at the side just watching there were some really good moments with sylvie in this show but again she was a force of nature in the first season she was something that worked really well with the character dynamics between loki and sylvie and you just like seen that but i feel like she was out at the sidelines and b15 as well you could have explored more with that but at the end of the day i think you know it was just focusing on loki and how on earth is he going to solve the problems that is happening to him so like the first problem was time slipping and that was a really really interesting concept which they explored so well in the show and how Loki deals with that. So I was really happy with the new concepts and how they decided to explore more of he who remains in this show. Yeah, I mean, who knows what they're doing with Kang right now. Obviously, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that kind of signals that maybe they want to switch directions, but this show has always been the best example in the MCU of setting up Kang as this incredible and threatening villain, and I thought it was really interesting exploring he who remains a little bit more and also Victor Timely and the idea of this being who is coming and an infinite amount of this being are coming to wage this multiversal war and simply yes. from the reactions of the other characters we know exactly how devastating that is going to be you know that kind of stuff is always so effective like if you can accurately convey another character's fear for a character the character who who's being feared is immediately so much better like that that's half of what makes a great villain i agree with the criticisms i mean if we're going to get criticisms out of the way immediately i think that you're right Sylvie and B-15 are really interesting characters in the first one. I mean, you know, they, they do carry a lot of Sylvie's character over with her ideas of free will. I thought that was very interesting. There's, yes. But there is one thing in season one where she wants to know what her Nexus event is, but we never actually find out what the, her Nexus event is. We never explore that. 
she does remain at the end and I wonder what they're going to do with her. I think it'd be interesting to see her. A lot of people want, you know, Thor and Loki to reunite and I 100% think that's going to happen. But I think it would also be interesting to see Sylvie interact with Thor and, and, and you know, like, wh- Ooh, where does she yeah. fit into this universe? Like, I feel like there could be something interesting here. Same with B-15. The thing that she kind of explores in season one is the fact that everyone's a variant. And again, we could explore that. We could B-15 especially frustrated me because she spent a lot of the season just standing around doing nothing. And that was disappointing. You know, you've yeah. got these two great characters and they're just kind of relegated to just kind of exposition a lot of the time. And that was disappointing. I agree. I definitely think that this show, if the ending didn't work of this season, oh it would God. have yeah. really fallen. Because I do think that the middle of this season was a little bit rocky. There was a lot of stuff that kind of felt like it kind of was a little bit abrupt. They would wrap things up and start different threads. Like, you know, it's not a perfect show by any means. It does kind of struggle a little bit. I think one thing in particular that did get me quite annoyed was in episode four, I think, some moments are just done really kind of nonchalantly and just kind of forgotten about. And others are are, are given really big fanfare when they should all be like, Miss Minute's death is so much more impactful than Renslayer's. When I would argue that Renslayer's death should be the one given that time and that effort and also in the first episode Loki mysteriously gets pruned and in episode 4 we find out that it was actually Loki from the future who pruned him that isn't really treated like a huge moment like I definitely had my criticisms of this show but all of that is irrelevant when you look at the whole picture and you look at what they managed to achieve with Loki and his character arc, this idea that Loki becomes the guardian of time or something like that, where he finally puts his selfish nature aside and he does something truly selflessly. He uses this gift that he's Mm. been given, not for tricks, not for mischief, but to help and to nurture time. I think he's learned the importance of time and of the flow of things and also of free will. He takes everything that he's learned in this show across seasons one and two and he puts that into his own glorious purpose episode six is called glorious purpose just like episode one just like what loki says when he comes to earth in avengers he finds his true glorious purpose and i think that it's brilliant i think that it's so well devised and the way that he gets his comic book outfit as well just magical it's one of the best moments in the mcu up there with guardians 3 with that whole whole fight scene but that whole scene just completely blew my mind like how loki has spent so many centuries you know like learning about the technology in the tva and also learning about how is he going to deal with time and kang as well like learning about how we can use different powers of time and yes, I agree. That whole moment just felt so deserving for Loki and for us well. I'd like to explore that he has this awesome comic book accurate costume that he has. And one of the things was like so cool about it that he had this amazing character arc. Like this is genuinely the best character arc in the MCU ever for Loki. Like he wanted to become king for selfish reasons. And then he becomes like literally king of time for selfless reasons as well, like to save his friends and to save time as well. And one of the best, oh my God, one of the best things is it's so poetic is that he turns the branches of time into a tree, a world tree, which Loki, he's from Norse mythology. So that kind of represents the world tree, all the time connecting together to him. It's so poetic. It is one of the best things that I've seen. It's so cool. And I wish I've seen this on the big screen, like 
I would have been like yes. going crazy. I was like, oh my god! And the music, Natalie Holt. I want to say Just... that is the best scores I've heard. You know, alongside that piece, and it felt so synthetic. Like you were just seeing Loki, you know, powerful. And then the ending shot of Loki in this whole thing with the amazing piece that closes the whole show with one glorious purpose. And it's. Oh. Yeah. I, I want to clap for that. I want to clap for that. That is something that I just felt really happy with. So, yeah, well done. Well well done. You made me happy. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, last week we talked about the Marvels and we were talking about how whenever the MCU is focused on cameos and on hyping stuff up and making setup and forget to talk about characters it suffers and this is a great example of exactly that when it focuses on characters and when it focuses on the story and the arcs and the journeys and it really lets emotional moments have weight it works so beautifully well there's a moment in episode two that got a lot of people kind of annoyed for some weird reason where loki and mobius sit down and have a slice of pie and just talk about things oh yeah people and got wit- mad at like yeah, people got mad at that because it was just pointless. And it's like, no, it's not pointless it's at not, all. We're exploring the characters yeah. and we are getting a moment to sit with them. That This show does not care about a lot of the things that other Marvel stuff do care about. And I hope that Marvel takes this as a lesson. They realize that because of things like Guardians 3 and because of things like Loki, things that aren't bothered about cameos, things that are bothered about characters and about journeys and about emotion, they will take those things. And you're right. There are just so many beautiful, poetic moments. Just before Loki steps outside into the place, I don't know what it's called, he says to Sylvie and Mobius, he says, I'm going to do it for us, for all of us. And that's exactly what he says to Odin on the Rainbow Bridge in the first Thor. He said, I would have done it for all of us. And just that poetry of the first time he was saying it with the intent to destroy all the Frost Giants, to destroy Jotunheim, and to do this you know, super selfish act. And as you say, like this time it's selfless. This time he's saving. This time he's creating life instead of taking life. It's just beautiful. It, it's brilliant. Oh, and it, it's, it's not just Loki's journey. Yeah. It's also every other character. Like you look at Mobius as well, like his final moments where he just watches life, a life that he could have had, a life that has been taken away from him. You know, the TVA, this season explores like what the TVA represents and what it takes away from people and how, you know, it's so clinical and it's so like bothered with data and analytics. It doesn't focus on the lives. Like Mobius got ripped away from his life. He now has to regain what his sense of purpose is. And again, like this is a character who was just created for the show just so Owen Wilson could be Owen Wilson. And yet it makes me super tearful just thinking of those final moments with him. It's it, like it's perfection. It is literally, again, another example of what you said about character arcs. And Mobius was a really interesting character from the first season. And then now just deeply explored, you know, like, why is he so scared of coming back to his own time? They really explore different aspects of time as well like it can be confusing and then the bootstrap paradox as well with Ouroboros and Victor Timely creating this TVA handbook as well like who created the handbook in the first place and it's like a really interesting as well and Ouroboros is a really really fun character as well in the show that I was really happy with like with Kihei Kwan like he was just so bubbly he was just so excited to be this character with Obi Again, this whole two seasons is just this, it becomes full circle. It becomes this amazing loop for these characters. And it does it so well in the final episode where Loki comes back to some of the first few events that happen, like when Sylvie killed He Who Remains or Loki comes back to the first meeting with Mobius. And it just 
so emotionally driven from that meeting between Mobius. And another aspect is with, with He Who Remains, he actually is, again, scary. You know, they're creating this amazing build-up for Kang, and he was talking about, like, this is not the first conversation, or, like, this is not the first time that you've done all of this. And it's like he knew what he's doing, and then with Victor Timely and all that. So it's a really interesting building, like, what they're doing. But that has failed with Quantumania, because this year, you know, Quantumania, looking at Kang, uh, yeah. and, and they didn't do that so well. With the Loki show, he is this terrifying villain that he knows what he's doing and, you know, what the impact he has. And no matter what, this is like this Nexus event that Sylvie kills He Who Remains. And that's something that Loki has to consider, like he has to kill Sylvie or to fix time. It just creates this amazing conflict as well that you are just like torn apart. Like what is Loki going to do? And again, he does it for selfish reasons, and it's just amazing how they explored that aspect of the time. And Loki, you can see this in the episode, he was just so dedicated to save everybody as much as possible. And that is something that Tom Hiddleston has done so well, and you can see that. Yeah, you you can see because now that the strike is over, he did some he's done some interviews, and you can see that he has genuine care and passion. And I think that he wants this to be the end of Loki as a character. And I think that this is a pretty perfect end. This idea that you can't like change the past and you can't change the hand that's given to you, but you can make a better future. That's all so perfect. And again, it comes back to what you know Loki's kind of whole character has been kind of mounting towards. And yeah. I do love the other ways that they explore time in this. As you said, the bootstrap paradox, that's really fun to see. The whole first episode where Loki's time slipping in between the past and the present of the TVA. These are just really interesting ways to spin this show. And obviously this season is without Kate Heron, who directed the last season. But I still think that it's really, really strong in its direction and in its production quality and everything. You know, it all just feels super tangible and super super you know like they're filming in real locations for so much of it it's all so cleverly done and there's one episode that i thought was really interesting which was episode five where everything kind oh, of yeah. fails and everything unravels and people just become their variants they're just they're living in the timeline and we get to see what their lives are like especially mobius like you know living as a single dad and what that kind of looks like. And I thought that was really interesting, a study of, because, you know, Sylvie's whole thing this whole time has been free will at any cost, but we kind of confront the fact of, well, it's not at any cost because it's not that simple. You know, you can't just do that because things will unravel and, you know, you kind of have to confront a different way forward, a way that isn't death. I love the thread of this season, which is like, death isn't the way. There's this bit where like a load of TVA agents go and start pruning the timeline, but, you know, that doesn't do anything anything like you know it doesn't make the timeline any more stable the the branches are still unraveling and the loom can't take it all you know they try to fix it but you know the way to make it is to embrace it and you know allow life it's like what i was saying earlier you know loki is creating life with what he does at the end he's not killing and we get that same thing with like killing he who remains you know like embracing death doesn't do anything but it, it's life that truly creates and i think that that's all so beautiful and, and so well done and i'm so surprised that this season yeah. and that marvel has managed to pull this out of thin air like they've been like, i don't know how they've had so many like i thought it was just james gunn that was making yeah. good marvel stuff these days but no yeah. seriously that they, they made something magical something really special yeah, the masculine urge to say we're so back 
after this is over. Like with, with Marvels <laughs> and stuff. And it's like, oh, it's yeah. so jarring. And I loved episode five, like the explore different aspects of like, you know, with the other characters, like where they were in their time and with the branches and stuff. That was such a fun episode. Like, where is this going? And I just loved how it was just going in different directions. And I really liked, again, it's not formulaic, it's not generic. It is something so poetic in terms of like storytelling. And it's done something that Marvel has never done before with Loki and explore that unique aspect of selflessness and the idea of being gods. And Loki has to figure out, you know, what does time mean to him, but also the god of mischief as well. And it's a really interesting aspect to think about as well, because with Kang the Conqueror, he is this terrifying villain that conquers throughout time, but different timelines and stuff. And he is this, this chaotic character. Well, Loki is this god of mischief who does some form of trickery. And the best thing is that he uses that power to power up all the branches. And it's like this form of chaos that actually helps to save life. And it's, Oh, so poetic. I'm genuinely so impressed. And like, it really is so crazy going from last week. We were like, oh, the MCU is in trouble to this. We're like, wow, where did this come from? That's so great. And I think that I am worried still like this. As good as the show was, I'm still worried. But there is light. And I think that it's important to focus on that light particularly with the TV side, we don't have a whole lot coming out. We don't really know what's coming, but we have Echo, which is going to be something called a Marvel Spotlight, which is going to be like a shorter TV show, but it's going to be character focused. And it's also the first TV MA MCU show, which means it can be gory and it can be kind of really dark and heavy. And the thing that makes me excited about that is just the idea that we are going to have more stories that just focus on characters that aren't bothered with an ongoing story and setting things up. Like so much of the Marvels was about setting things up. It felt like it cared more about that than it did about the actual story. And so much about, you know, what we have in the future feels like it's all about cameos and nostalgia, but Loki isn't. And Echo doesn't look like it is. And I just hope that this is where Marvel goes. I hope it doesn't continue down the whole path of, Hey, remember this, remember that. I hope it, focuses on this kind of stuff because Loki is living proof of how fantastic it can be because I didn't think any MCU show would ever be so high in my rankings but if I were to rank the MCU this would be very high up there I agree it's gonna be top five I have to say it's gonna be top five I'd have to do a rewatch I couldn't (laughs) I couldn't tell you to be completely honest but yeah I mean it very well could be I mean it it really is so strong I rewatched season one as well before this and I was just reminded of how amazing it is. I can't really remember what we said at the time. We covered every episode each week, but rewatching it, it really, I was struck with just how, you know, focused on character it was and, and emotion and how brilliantly that came out. I, I really, really loved that so much. Okay, so you said earlier that this is the best MCU thing since Infinity War, and you're also saying top five. So I'm curious, what are you going to give it out of 10? Ooh, I really love this. It is something that I, again, Marvel nowadays is just completely just losing the side of like, you know, what they're doing with the characters or what they're doing with the stories. And Loki is something that really surprised me and what they've done with the character. I'm thinking, I'm going to say nine. I'm going to go with a nine or 10, but nine is somewhere that I feel comfortable with. Like that is, this show is just honestly so surprising. I enjoyed talking about this show it is such a pleasure to talk about isn't it isn't it good to talk about something good (sighs) 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, we talked drink about it in, folks. Yeah, no, we've talked about good stuff, of course, but just like after last week, it's good to it's good to be unanimously happy about something. It, um, it is so happy, and I hope that the score for Loki comes out because that ooh. whole piece is amazing. So yes. I'm gonna be putting that on loop. I'll be like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, I agree with everything that you say. It really is just so unfathomably amazing. I remember when episode one of season two came out, I made a note and I was like, yes, this episode of the podcast is going to be called, you know, Marvel TV is finally good. And then over the weeks, I was like, oh, no, but what if it gets bad? Like, maybe I've jinxed it. But no, it, it like I'm so happy that it remained as good. Um, I'm going to go eight out of 10. I absolutely loved it. This was great. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're listening on YouTube and you enjoyed it, you can like and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy. Next week, it's the beginning of something that I am so excited for. We're doing Day of the Doctor, the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. We are going to be ramping up towards the 60th anniversary. Yeah. And we're going to be doing three episodes on Doctor Who. I'm oh, so excited. Yes. I love I'm Doctor so Who. and we just, We've just we never covered it before. So this is going to be fantastic. This is going to be brilliant. It really oh. is. And you can send us an email at asktimefilmpod.gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Day of the Doctor or just Doctor Who in general. And yes, ask Doctor us any Who. questions. And we will answer it right here on the podcast next week. Yes. And you can follow us on Instagram at outoftimefilmpod to see our incredible thumbnails from Zane Asvel on Twitter for more thoughts from Tom and TikTok to see editor clips which are all on Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts. And you can find links to that in the description below. Thanks for L. James Mayer for the excellent theme and Ronan Phillips for vocals as always. And I think that's everything. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.